Father, we just thank you so much for being in your presence this morning. We thank you that we can open our hearts to you this morning. doesn't matter what we've been through. doesn't matter where we're headed, where we're going. We're in your presence now. So we ask you to touch us, cleanse us, purify us, mold us, shape us, whatever you need to do this morning. Heal our bodies, heal our minds, heal our spirits. Forgive, cleanse. It doesn't matter. It's all the same to you. You're already here to do it, to perform that task. We thank you for it. We're going to praise you for it because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you as you worship together. I sing praises to Oh. 
before you took your first breath, he already knew. Before you spoke your first word, he already knew. Before any situation ever happened in your life, he already knew. And he already poured out his reckless love for you in that situation. So whatever you're going through right now, it's nothing new to him. It's not a surprise to him. It didn't take him aback. He's not concerned about it. He's not worried about it. The answer is already on the way. The answer is already on the way. It's his love. It's his love. Look to him. Look to him. Worship him. Just keep worshiping him.
people subscribe, then we can actually get a name for the channel. Right now, the name is youtube.com slash So there's no way that anybody's going to remember that. So, but once we get 100 subscriptions, then we can actually create a name that you can sort of pass around to people and things like that, uh, and sort of just spread the word. So, uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. All right, take your Bibles. And we want to open up to Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. A very, we're going to touch on a very familiar passage of Scripture, one that uh, a lot of us probably know by heart. But we're going to start uh, in the beginning of the 29th chapter, and I'll speak this morning about living victoriously in Babylon, living victoriously in Babylon. And it starts in this 29th chapter uh, with Jeremiah, and just as we'll get into the history in just a few moments, but uh, down into verse 4 of 29, Jeremiah 29, where it says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and dwell in the land. Plant gardens and eat the fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and daughters and to have husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may uh, be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray for the Lord to the Lord for it. For it is peace that you will have peace. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams, which will cause you to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, after seventy years are completed in Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you, and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Yeah. Lord said to, in, in one particular place that uh, the prophets were saying, this is a short captivity and everything's going to be fine. They were prophesying things like that. The Lord says, no, that's not what's going to happen. He says, this is a long, a long captivity in Babylon. And I'm challenging you, challenge you in Babylon to do verses 5, 6, 7, and 8, to live in Babylon. So he gives us some principles here on how to live victoriously in Babylon. Babylon. I am, I am, and you are as well, privileged to live in America. We've I've said this before, this is the greatest country on earth. There is no country that is greater. It's, it's wonderful. But how many know it's not heaven? Right. It is still Babylon. This is still the fallen world. This is still uh, where the evil one dwells. And uh, so we are blessed to be here. But first, just get some history of this whole thing, just so everybody understands where we're at. Israel was in captivity because of their disobedience. These were the days of Nebuchadnezzar, the king. Uh, Jeremiah was the prophet, the weeping prophet. You might have heard of that. He said, I wish my head was water so it would just drain out because I cry so much for Israel. Uh, there was intrigue going all around. Deals were being made in the dark. Couriers were going back and forth between kings. It was the time of some of the greatest leaders in the Old Testament. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it was also the time of the worst kings. The Israeli and Jewish kings were just terrible, many of them. These were, this was a time of false prophets and false prophesying. And it was not a short captivity. It was a long one. And into this mess... God sends Jeremiah the prophet, this young prophet, I think, what, 17, 18 years old, sends Jeremiah, and he says, I've got bad news for you, folks. This is not a short, 
captivity. It's a long one, 70 years. So build your houses, raise your children, live in Babylon. How many, how many really prefer short captivities over long ones? I like my captivities to be about 38 seconds. That's about the 39 second I lose it when I die. So I'm going to do a little bit of spiritualization here in this passage. Thousands of years ago, Adam and Eve disobeyed God. They ate the fruit in the garden. God prophesied and promised what would happen if they did that. And at that point, the whole human race was plunged into Babylon. And how many know it has not been a short captivity? We're in Babylon right now. And in case you didn't know it, you don't have to look for it. It's here. You don't have to try to find it. It's here. You entered Babylon when you left your mother's womb, and you will leave Babylon when they close the casket lid or Jesus comes back for us. Right. Most of us will be in it for 70 years or 80 years or if by strength 90 years. And this is not heaven. It's not Canaan land. You and I are on a 70-year pilgrimage through Babylon to Canaan land. The question for all of us in reality is, how am I going to live my life in Babylon? Am I going to live it victoriously? Am I going to live it in defeat? Am I going to live like a king? Or am I going to end like a slave? How am I going to live here? Will I be a Daniel or a dummy? Which one am I going to be? Will I walk through the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Or will I succumb and worship false gods? Well, the good news is that while in Babylon, we have two compelling, comforting, inspired words from the Lord in this 29th chapter. And, of course, we all know that, that one. Many of us have, have it by heart in, in verse 11. I know what I'm, I love the paraphrase of this. One translation says, God says, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future that you hope for. It's a promise. But there's a second uh, comfort that comes in this, a bit more obscure. We see it in those first few verses in, in, uh, in verse 5. And, and then uh, in verse 28, he says to build houses and dwell and plant gardens and eat the fruit and all that. So he tells us to do this. And, and, and in this captivity, he says, this captivity is long, so try and escape. It doesn't say that. He says, build houses, dwell, plant, eat the fruit, have kids, all that stuff. He doesn't say run around like a chicken with your head cut off. He doesn't say store up, stock up, because bad times are coming. He just says, live, live, live. You know, God is a God of life. So the point is simple. We're in this captivity, and I believe that God, that God gives us a couple of quick points on how to make it through this captivity. If you get nothing else from this message, get this. Whatever God has designed for your life, let God bring you through it. He has it all planned out. He knows what he's doing. His promises are sure. His invisible reality is true. His concepts are eternal. His precepts are foundational. If the world promises you everything, don't take it. If God promises you nothing, take it. Because I'd rather have God and nothing than the world and everything. Amen. So he gives us a couple of steps on how to live successfully in Babylon. The first one is, and this is going to sound very strange, these couple of these, these concepts, but the first one is in verse 28, and that is be faithful in the ordinary things of life. Be faithful in 
the ordinary things of life. You say, wait a minute, that does not sound spiritual at all. It's not. Not, not spiritual. Just be faithful in the ordinary things of life. And you and I know how ordinary life can get. Very ordinary. Uh, how many times I've told you in the past that, that my, uh, my job in, in, in the home, one of them is to clean up the kitchen after dinner. I don't cook. She cooks and I clean. And there are many times I'm cleaning the dishes and I'm thinking, I wonder how many more times I'm going to wash this dish. <laughs> wow. And every year uh, over that I get, I realize how much I'm in Babylon and how much Babylon is changing me and how much this whole realm is changing me, how different I am now at 62 than when I was 20, <laughs> or when I'm like my two sons, 33 and 35, middle-aged, now getting into the 60s. How about, for all of you men that are my age, how about the hair situation on our lives? There are, there, you know that old Sunday school song, Head and Shoulders, Knees and Toes? That's about the hair growth pattern on a middle-aged man. It's head and shoulders, then it's knees and toes. Every time you go to the barber shop, right, they start cutting the back of your neck. I think I'm getting to the place where I'm just going to say, you know what, I'll just take my shirt off. Just keep going all the way. It's Babylon. It's living here. You can't change it. You can't change it. Or, or like the old Italian brother said when they asked him, what size pants do you take? He says, I take a 36, but 44 feels so much more comfortable. <laughs> In this Babylon, it is so easy to become deadened, discouraged, disheartened. The visible realm saps us of our spiritual life. But it's God who comes in the midst of it and says, build, plant, and harvest. Yeah. Live your life. Yeah. This tells me a couple things. Number one, I believe that we as believers, we need to start acting like we own the place. Yeah. Amen. It may not look like it, but God has everything under control. For every nuclear weapon, for every part of any war, for every business, for every pandemic, for every abortion clinic, for everything that is in this world, God has a plan for it. I believe, I believe that we are in the death pangs of Babylon. I really believe it. And I believe we need to start acting like we own the joint. You say, well, that's a lie. No, no, it's not a lie. It's absolute truth. Because the word says, behold, Jesus, before the cross, before the resurrection, before the day of Pentecost, Jesus said, I give you authority to trample on scorpions and serpents over all of the power of that and nothing shall by any means hurt you. It was, it was Paul in Colossians, the first chapter, that says, For by him are all things that were created in the heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Colossians, the second chapter, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Revelation, the 11th chapter, the kingdoms of this world, they have become, past tense, the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. This, this is where we're at right now, in a place of victory. And listen, my friends, I'll tell you right now, what I'm going to say is not for you, it's for me. You can join me if you want, but it's for me. But I'll tell you what, I am tired of living in defeat. I'm tired of living secondhand. I'm tired of living like I'm second class. I'm tired of all that. I have got to stop acting like I am powerless when it's our Lord and Savior that says, Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. I've got to stop acting like 
second thing is, we've got to live blessed in a cursed place. We've got to live blessed, expecting a harvest. Blessed, expecting to be blessed. In the midst of Babylon, God is ready to bring all of us into completeness. I know my plans for you, God says. I know my plans for you. We've got to learn to start living blessed to receive the glorious things that he longs for us to have. We need to stop trying to get out of Babylon and start trying to get God. If, if, if you set yourself free from Babylon, you're just going to bring Babylon into the next captivity that you have. Until you learn to walk by faith and live like a free man, you will be a slave to every carnal thought of Babylon. If you don't learn to function right in the wrong place, you're going to forever function wrong in the right place. Yeah. On a personal level, for all of us, if you don't learn to live blessed in a cursed place, you're going to bring that same emotional sludge into the next relationship. If you don't learn to live blessed in a cursed place, you're going to bring the same evil spirits into the next church you go to. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to bring all of what you got fired from in the first job, you're going to bring to your next job. You're going to love the same emotional baggage from person to person. You're going to work out the same needs, praying for the same thing, hoping for something different to happen when you want, because you've got the same stuff inside. Wow, he's going to preaching this early. Don't get out. Get God. In the midst of Babylon, get filled with him. Stop trying to change Babylon and let God change you. Be faithful in the ordinary things. Live above Babylon. Don't live in it. Live above it. Live where you're at. You're seated in the heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and every name that names itself. If you can think of the name, you're above it. And, and, and Paul says there, not only in this age, but in the age to come. Wait a minute. So that means that there are names that are down there that I haven't even heard yet, but you're still above those names. So when I encounter a name in my walk with the Lord, and I go, oh no, he just chuckles and says, I already have that name. I've got every name that's named. There is no name that, I, that can be named that I haven't got, and I'm above all of them. So I don't have to worry about whatever name is coming down the road. I don't have to worry about, you know, by the way, I was going to say, if you, if this is a great time in, in, uh, in uh, human history to learn the Greek alphabet. Because we had COVID, Alpha, Delta, Gamma. They skipped a couple, then they went to Epsilon. Now they're moving, so if you keep your ears open, you might be able to get Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, Epsilon, Zeta, Me, Me, C, Omicron, P. You may be able to get the whole Greek alphabet and learn to use Strong's Concordance that way. I don't care what the name is. I don't care what's happening. He's already won it. He's already won the award. He's already done it. He's already done it. He's already complete. I don't have to worry about it. So, we need to live that way. The second thing is, we need to engage Babylon. We need to engage Babylon. Don't withdraw from Babylon. Engage it. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego engaged Babylon. They faced it with dignity. They occupied with authority. They took these men, especially the young 
ones, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they took them and they castrated them when they brought them into Babylon. And let me tell you something, folks. There was no St. Elizabeth Hospital back then. Right. <laughs> I don't need to go any further. <laughs> they took them and they did that. They changed their names. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not, were not their, their Hebrew names. They changed their names. They changed their clothing. They changed their language. They taught them the Babylonian sciences. They taught them religion. They taught them astrology. But they did not withdraw. They engaged Babylon with the power of God. And they said, sorry, king, we will not bow. I don't care what you call us. I don't care what will change or not change. We will not bow. Daniel said, I will not eat. I will not drink what you put in front of me. I'm going to do it God's way. Amen. And let me tell you something about Babylon. I said this before, but it bears repeating. Babylon is extremely narrow-minded. You are not allowed to think a certain, any, any other way about them, other than the way they tell you to think. You have to drink what they drink, smoke what they smoke, eat what they eat. You have to do it just the way they do it. Now you have to, you have to say there aren't, there aren't two genders anymore. If you say there's two genders, you're wrong. Now, now I guess the latest is that there are now many that are professing that men should be able to have babies. And you better think that way. And you better stop saying he, she, it, right? You need to change your pronouns. You need to change what you... Yeah. Listen, isn't that incredible? Yeah. We need to stand up and say, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do what you want to do. But there's he and there's she, and that's all there is to it. And she Don't. 
declare the truth. Never stop, never give up, never yield an inch, never stop praying, never stop giving, never stop loving, never stop forgiving, never stop believing, never stop worshiping, never stop shouting. I may fall down, but I'm going to get up. I may make a mistake, but I'm going to confess it and move forward. I may take a wrong turn, but I'm going to correct it. I may lose some time, but I'm going to make it up. I may stumble, but I'm going to regain my stride. I'm going to lift up the hands that hang down. I'm going to strengthen the weak knees. I'm going to continue to labor in spite of the cost. I am a chosen generation. I am a royal priesthood. I am a holy priesthood. That means I am I am select. I am grade A. I am number one. I am so choice, Jesus said, that I came and died for you. I'm so royal. I wear the emperor's emblem. I have his mark on my forehead and on my right hand. I don't care whatever mark comes out in the future. I've got my mark, and my mark is better. Hallelujah. You can, you can do whatever you want to do to me, but I'm going to continue to believe him to energize my life and put his word in my heart. I am a holy nation. I am set apart. There's nothing like me in the universe. I'm an overcoming seed born by the spore of God. I happen to be the building blocks of a new kingdom. Hallelujah. And as I sit as a watchman at the ramparts, I'm watching his hand begin to move. And I'm telling you right now, folks, I'm engaging the devil. We need to engage the devil. I don't mean politically. I don't mean in any other way. I just mean fight that kingdom with all your pride. Is it Billy Sunday who said that? I'm going to kick, and I'm going to claw, and I'm going to scratch, and when I have anything left, I'm going to bite. Uh, uh, <coughs> I'm tired. Yeah, I'm tired of the stupid news. I'm tired of the stupid commentary. I'm tired of everything. I'm tired of it all. Just tired of it all. We, we, we've got lives to change, folks. We can't be spinning around with this stuff anymore. We've got lives to change. Leads me to the third point, and that is touch. Oh, see, I forgot my watch. Good thing I can see the clock back there. Huh? It's 10 30. It's 10 30. <laughs> Last point. We've got to touch Babylon with his love. Now, you may, you may think that everything I've said sounded very militant. Folks, I'm not fighting. We, we've said it before. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. Against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. That's what we're fighting. It has nothing to do with what you can see, touch, taste, or feel. It's spiritual things. So we need to touch Babylon with his love. We need to harvest that. See, I believe Babylon is falling, but I believe that there is a future and a hope yet for everybody. And our future and our hope is not in a political party, it's not in a denomination, it's not in a thing, it's not in a name. Those things are all falling apart. I don't know if you knew it or not. I, I was I was reading an article a while back that, that was charting charting uh, how church attendance in the United States has gone down, 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 down. And they were projecting, and this, is a, this is a Christian literature or something, a bar and some other things. And they were charting how it's going down, 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 down. And I, as I got to the end of your article, I said to myself, you know what, hallelujah, I hope it just goes down to nothing. I hope it goes down to the only people that are sitting in the sanctuary, the ones that want to be there. Amen. I mean, 
into all the big sanctuaries and all the big sanctuaries are empty. Right? Well, you're all okay. Okay, I've never stopped now. But we've got a Babylon. Right now, Babylon is looking for a future and a hope. They are totally lost. They are totally lost. And as I said, they can't even figure out what is a man and a woman now. They don't even know. They're, they're totally lost. They don't know anything. And they're trying everything and nothing is working. Hey, you ever been there before? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've been there. I've been there. You tried it all. You snorted everything you could. You shot up everything you could. You drank everything. You got to the bottom of that fifth and it was still the bottom of the fifth. And you had to try another one. And guess what? That second bottle of Jack Daniels looked and tasted just like the first one. And it still left you just as empty. We've tried it all. We know there's nothing there. They're trying it all. There's nothing there. We have a message for the world. The world that we can speak this message to. It's Jesus Christ.
I do believe that Batman does look a little bit better. He gets a little more tolerable. There are a little more things to enjoy. Because he's given us all things richly to enjoy. But the freedom to live according to his plan and purpose while in this mess. Stop looking at the mess. Start looking at the Messiah. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, I am so grateful that I don't have to walk through this battle alone. I'm so grateful. I, I will say this, Father. I'm glad I'm not Daniel. I'm glad that, that I have brothers and sisters all around me right now that feel the same thing. So that if we're brought into some strange captivity, we're not going to be alone. We're going to be in it together. And you're going to bring us through. You're bringing us through every captivity we have. There are people in this room right now that have gone through horrible bondages that should have destroyed their lives. But now they have a testimony. Now they can say with Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, but they can say with Jeremiah, I was going to be dead. I should have been dead. But I know a God who has a future and a hope for me. And let me tell you about that future. Let me tell you about that hope. So Father, help us to have that mindset. As you send us out as Jeremiah's in these last days, filled with your purpose, filled with your plan, filled with your provision. Like the old saying, I don't know what the future holds, but I sure do know who holds the future. And I don't need to worry a bit. Fill us, Father. Fill us in these last days with the spirit of Daniel, the spirit of Jeremiah, the spirit of those men and women, the spirit of Esther, the spirit of those that stood up against all the odds and said, I'm sorry, I can't do it any other way. I'm going to do it your way. Help us to do that, Father. We receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Stand together in his presence. I, I can't remember. Maybe some of you remember from church history who it was. Was it... Uh, Oh, it was one of the early church fathers uh, that they were going to burn him at the stake and they kept pleading that he would not be burned at the stake. Recant, recant, recant. And he says, what, 80-some years I have served the Lord and he's done me no wrong. I can't turn my back on him now. So light the fire.